The Athletic will bring you inside every sports story that matters. And right now you can join for just $1 per month. Get unlimited access to breaking news, in-depth stories, and expert analysis on what's sure to be one of the most enthralling seasons in sports history. The Jets are back, and despite Week's one struggles, there's going to be plenty to talk about with them. You have the NBA playoffs, Major League Baseball playoffs are on the way, and so much more. Don't miss exclusive, in-depth coverage of this unprecedented sports season. Subscribe now and save. Sign up now to see for yourself the creativity, reporting, and storytelling that sets The Athletic apart. And if you go to theathletic.com slash the Can't Wait podcast, you can receive an all-access subscription for just $1 a month. Sports are back, and you won't want to miss breaking stories on your favorite team. So go to theathletic.com slash the Can't Wait podcast. Receive an all-access subscription for just $1 a month. We hope to see you there. Gentlemen, welcome aboard the Athletics Can't Wait Jets podcast, your nonstop shop for all things Jets. Now here are your hosts, Tim McMaster and Connor Hughes. Listen safely. Can't wait. Hey everybody, welcome into another edition of the Can't Wait podcast. I'm Tim McMaster along with Connor Hughes. Marissa Morris is our producer and Connor. No wild stories to talk about going into this one. I think we're going to get to football quicker, which will probably make people happy. But how are you doing today? I'm doing good, man. I mean, I actually was kind of, I did have a story for you guys and I okay. kind of forget what it was though. I think it had to do with me not knowing how to use Google Maps when I first started working in like Manhattan. Oh, there's a fly. Um, and then uh, I was like, yeah, I swear I got on my ADD, but there was literally a fly right in my eye. Um, yeah. Like when I first started working in Manhattan, not knowing how to, like I got a job. My very first job was at about.com having like 1500, working at 1500 Broadway and spending like an hour and a half trying to find 1500 Broadway because I didn't know. <laughs> on Google Maps, there's a compass button that you press. And then when you press the compass button is when you can say like, okay, I'm going left, I'm going right. And like, you mm. can notice. I didn't realize that was a button. So like my first job, and I grew up in like the sticks of Tabernacle, New Jersey, like in farmland. Like it was normal for me. Like you knew you needed to leave for school at like X time. Otherwise you were going to get caught behind the tractors driving to school. So like I, that's where I grew up. So to go from that <laughs> to working in the big city was a little bit of a surprise. And I was like reminded of it because I caught up with two of my uh, close friends that I'm still uh, very close with from about.com uh, last night for dinner in Jersey City. And, and uh, Allison Bean was one of them. And she was talking about how uh, she's now like the head head boss at uh, at the Spruce. And she was talking about how like, yeah, she was remember when I taught you about about how to use like the compass mode and Google Maps. I was like, oh, my God, you're right. Yeah. Other than that, though, there's like I, I don't have any like crazy stories. We'll, we'll save the, the border story for the next time the Jets play the Bills. I don't know. I have I'm having a good hair day. Like that's a that's a go. definite positive. Haircut I noticed that. Yeah, week. I was like, I woke up too. Like I always shower before the podcast because I don't want to smell. And so I shower, got out of the shower, we put appreciate a little like that. hair stuff in. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I figure. <laughs> I feel like yeah. You know what I mean? So I was like, I always like whenever I put my hat on, like my hat on backwards, usually backwards. I always like put some product in my hair, and because uh, otherwise it looks weird when you put the hat down on it. It just becomes flat on your forehead, and I hate that look. And and I'm a diva. And uh, so I, I like did my hair to kind of get it ready. And I looked in the mirror. I was like, you know what? Damn, Connor. Like, all right. All right. Goodness. Work it, man. Like, we got this. Like, let's go. We got this. So I was like, you know what? No hat. I have him here, though, just in case. I got the new black clover hat that we picked up from uh, Dick's Sporting Goods. Like that. Stay lucky, even though I'm not Irish, contrary to popular belief. And then uh, Mets, because uh, beautiful uh, Steve Cohen's money is going to save that team. So uh, Big series versus the Phillies this hat. past weekend. They're, they're yeah. still they're staying alive. There's nothing that makes me happier 
than when any team like any team beats a Philadelphia team. Like there is <laughs> nothing that makes and that's not a bow shot. That's literally not a shot at bow. That's not that's not I swear to God, that's not a bow shot. Like at all. Or anything about the Phillies podcast who are still our arch nemesis. But like that has nothing to do with Bo. Uh or or Sheila or anyone over there or Zach. That's just a, a Connor. Like I I just Basically, I grew up outside. Of, I'm not an Eagles fan. I'm not a Phillies fan. I'm not a Flyers fan. But I grew up in the heart of South Jersey. Like, my family's all from up north. But, like, I grew up in the heart of South Jersey. And, like, if you didn't root for those Eagle teams, like, you were, like, bullied unmercifully growing up. Like, like border. Like I was almost on the verge of, like, tears several times. So, like, there is nothing that brings me more joy than, like, knowing, like, the Eagle fan is suffering. Like, it sounds so, like, screwed up. But, like... Being bullied in school, man, like about being about not being a an Eagles fan, like it brings it to me. What's crazy is like I'm marrying like a diehard Eagles fan, and her family are diehard Eagle fans. And like when they won the Super Bowl, I watched it at an Eagles watch party, and the whole time I'm there, like, God damn, it. God damn it, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm not a I'm not a Philly person. Well, we are Mind recording. Saying, cool. Yeah, I I understand, and I live down that area too. And and sometimes those fans, a little tough to take, a little bit tough to take down in the Philly. Oh area. yeah, because you're Boston, right? You're yeah, exactly. Guy. So yeah, it's so you know, there's the Boston, like New York, Philadelphia thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, we are recording early this morning. Thanks for everybody that got up on YouTube and is checking it out. Um, I do not have coffee yet because I'm going to the dentist <laughs> right after this, and then you're not supposed to do that. So good luck. Um, so we're gonna get through this. We're gonna, that was uh, my story. Of, there you go. Just <laughs> fans are like, oh, I got we're my cavity cool. filled. <laughs> yeah, uh, I threw up the last time I got my cavity filled. I've never had a cavity before. And I literally threw up in like, I, I went to go get like last year. I always avoid the dentist. Cause I hate the dentist. And I finally went there and my new dentist suddenly tells me I've never had a cavity in my life. Now suddenly I have a cavity, a little fishy. I'm like whatever, I'll get it filled. Time Bree's to like, find another cavity, new dentist. So no big deal. Yeah, my mom's like, oh, I've had cavities before. No big deal. Blah, blah, blah. I'm like, all right, sweet. No big deal. Cavity. Dude goes to numb me with this needle the size of like freaking this and i see the needle and as soon as he pulls the needle i goes yeah i'm just gonna shove this in your gum and then you'll not feel anything he pulls the needle out and i'm looking at it and i'm like that's going in in me and he goes yeah why you don't like needles i was like no i don't i don't like needles and i certainly as hell don't like that needle so he sticks it in me shoots and he goes okay we're gonna give it like five minutes then like you're numbed he goes if i when i start doing this if you feel anything let me know it means you need more so I'm like, kind of like swallowed my whatever was about to come off. I was like, we're good. And all of a sudden he starts doing it and I feel something. I'm like, stop, stop. I feel something. I feel something. I feel something. So he's like, okay, you just need more whatever they shoot you up with, Novocaine. And uh, so he comes back with the same gun. I see the gun and I look at him. I'm like, dude, you got to give me like five minutes. Where's your bathroom? And he goes, well, I was like, I'm about to be sick. And I just ran into the bathroom and I hurled. And like, <sighs> I come back out and the guy's like, haven't seen that one before i was like no you haven't ever met me before and i was like this is definitely new yeah, yeah that's what i meant so like, when you said you went to the so, dentist i was like oh i've got a good dentist month. so you need a new dentist and the dentist would like you to get a new dentist yes on. oh yeah <laughs> yeah he, it was weird I, I don't know if this is normal when you leave like you get your receipt of like what they did to you and then also a list of recommendations for other dentists i think i got one of those as well i got my here's your bill also here's everyone else you can go see instead of me <laughs> 
All right, let's talk about some football. A lot to get to on the episode today, um, and hopefully Jets fans are feeling better than a trip to the dentist right now after uh, coming off of week one last week. But we're going to talk about Le'Veon Bell's injury. We're going to talk about Sam Darnold and what we hope to see from him come Sunday in game number two. Um, before we get to that, we'll talk about Christopher Johnson, a vote of confidence for Adam Gates. What? Maybe he needed it the most. Uh, but if you are listening to this on Apple or somewhere you can subscribe to the podcast, please do that. It helps us out a lot. And give us a five-star review as well. Um, those always help with the algorithm and all that fun stuff to get this podcast even bigger than it is. All right, let's start with Christopher Johnson. Connor, he spoke this week to the media. You were there. Um, and he basically said Adam Gase is his guy, at least right now, after one week, after one bad week. The exact quote was, I have full confidence in Adam. I think he has a lot more in him as a head coach than some of our fans are giving him credit for. I'm not going to take that as a shot to the fans because the fans are obviously um, enthusiastic, emotional, and I think he realizes that. But were you surprised um, that he was as strong as he was in defending his head coach after another tough game? No, uh, actually, the one thing I do want to clarify, because I saw this out there a lot from from a lot of other uh, outlets, which is basically like whenever somebody like this talks, it becomes news. And then like a lot of national outlets kind of pick it up and talk. Uh, I know I noticed several of them were mentioning like uh, it's a pretty bad sign that Christopher Johnson felt the need to talk after the Jets season opening loss. That's not the way that right. this was originally scheduled. Christopher Johnson was actually originally scheduled to speak to us last week. Wednesday, Thursday, like we got the call and was like, hey, just so you know, Christopher is going to talk tomorrow. So if you're going to like make sure you're there at practice, because practices are a little funky this year where it's like 20 minutes, like you're only there for 20 minutes. So you kind of like come see practice and leave right after practice to get home in time for Zoom. So you're there and then you immediately come home. But like a lot of people were saying like, oh, we had, you know, that's it's a horrible sign that Adam Gase needed a vote of confidence after week one. He was literally scheduled to speak the Wednesday before Wednesday or Thursday before the week before it was when uh, all the rain hit. So the Jets moved their practice indoors. So we all got the call like, hey, Christopher is not going to speak because you guys are going to be indoors. You can't come indoors. He can't be in the media room. So we're just going to push it back a week. So like he was. So basically it was the, week. it was the pre-season starting talk. Yes. That just got yes. bumped. And it was just delayed a week because of the weather. So this wasn't like, oh my God, the Jets look so freaking awful against the Bills. Christopher Johnson has to come in and speak to Adam Gase. Now, as far as what Christopher Johnson said with, brilliant offensive mind he still has all the confidence in, in Adam Gase as soon as he said it was when like listening to it I was like that's not gonna go over well with the fan base and and I get what Christopher Johnson's doing like I get it. he's he's look he's one of the, he's a nice guy he clearly still believes in Adam Gase he wants everyone to know that he still believes in Adam Gase yes it was a vote of confidence I think it might have been a little bit more well received and I get why he didn't want to do it because it could be considered or viewed as like putting extra pressure on him or getting like, I, I know why he didn't do it. Um, but I think it would have been definitely more well-received for this team's fan base if he had maybe been a little bit more critical. And he was about the opener. Like he was, he said it was a mess. He said it was, he was not, his, his exact quote was, I'm not, I was not happy about that. Not happy about that at all. Or something along those lines regarding the opener. What he should have said is that I still believe that Adam Gase is the right man for this job. I have full confidence in him. I believe that he can be this team's, you know, brilliant offensive mind. I still believe in all of the the things that, that led me to believe he's our he, you know, he he's the right guy to hire as head coach. 
over Kings over uh, Cliff Kingsbury over Rule over Mike uh, Mike McCarthy. What I think he didn't, what he should have said after that should have been something along the lines of, "But what I've seen right now from this offense is unacceptable," because that that's what this is, right? I mean, look, the, like we talked about it like earlier this week, Tim. It's that this is a team offense that looks so stagnant so uncreative so lack of excitement so just blah and it was that way last year and you had all the excuses because the offensive line stunk because they had uh obviously Sam Darnold out for an entire month like you had all of these excuses and again they were re they were excuses like yeah I know everyone gets like this bad connotation which is you can't you should make excuses you should make excuses they were like when you when you're playing with like Luke Falk for a month like there's you can excuse some offensive ineptitude and then when you have the offensive line problems that they did you have to change your philosophy to kind of win games uh ugly which is what the Jets did to finish the season six and two so like I get what was going on here I understand why like there were some the the excuses were built in last year and why I thought they were reasonable acceptable excuses but when you come out this year and it's the same ineptitude on first and second down. It's the same long yardage situations on third down. It's the same. Um, uh, Sam Darnold seems to have regressed with 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 both his accuracy and his fundamentals, and he's missing throws like both with accuracy issues, but also just not seeing open players. I mean, when you when you see these things, that's just unacceptable. That's not your young quarterback who Adam Gase was was hired to rear. That's not him moving forward. That's him going back. The offensive problems, they're all the same thing. I mean, you flip on the film between the Jets against the Bills, and it looks very similar to the Jets against the Bengals. Like, it looks exactly the same, and that's a freaking problem. So I think it would have been better or more well-received if Christopher Johnson acknowledged some of those problems. You know, admit that you still have faith in Adam Gase. You believe in Adam Gase. You still think he's this brilliant offensive mind, but take that. And then come back with, but he now does need to show us that this. He needs to show the rest of the league this. He needs to show everyone what I see. Because the way the offense has performed last season and the first game of this season, it's unacceptable. There needs to be more creativity. Like You need to let the fans know that you're not watching this and thinking like, oh, this is all peaches and candy. Like, this is fine. Like, And he's not. Like, I can tell you that. I know that for a fact. Like, Christopher Johnson is pissed off. He's not happy with the way that this team looks right now, he wants to win. He didn't verbally, publicly say it, I think, or articulate it. I think maybe enough to appease a lot of the fan base, but he feels the Jets pan- Jets fans' pain. He just wasn't trying to make that headline of like, Christopher Johnson to Adam Gase, get the F better. Like he wasn't trying to make that headline, but unfortunately in trying not to make that headline, he comes off as like not being aware of what's going on. And that's not the case at all. You have to realize that it's possible that he did say that to Adam Gase in a private meeting. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, they meet get... every week, man. Right? They meet every week. Like, they like. There's no doubt in my mind that he said, like, dude, what the f? Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, what the hell? And and that's no doubt in my mind that he would have said something like that. Like, no doubt because look, Christopher Johnson doesn't. I know he comes off as like this kind of not timid, but like one of these like more laid back guys and stuff. He wants to win, and he wants to win before Woody gets home, and he wants to kind of basically slap his big brother in the face and say, like, look what I did with this team. He doesn't want to say, look what I did with this team. Like, he wants to be the other <laughs> way around with that, right? Like, he wants to show he can win, and, like, you know what I mean? Like, that's, that's kind of what he wants. And I think that he 
um, I think he's 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 eager to win and he wants to win and he knows that like there's also the clock's ticking down a little bit to win, so it's just a matter of of him finally doing it. He's eager to get it done and and look, I want to make this clear: if Adam Gase doesn't show legitimate progression this year, he's not going to be the team's head coach next year. That's a fact. Christopher Johnson will move on and and hire somebody else, and and he's not ignorant to the fact that what's being displayed right now is not what you want but he's also open to the fact and the knowledge of i believe it will get better because of i still believe in adam gase and the problem gase is facing here also is like it's one thing if you're a head coach right and your team struggles and the offense struggles but when you're the head coach that was brought into a team specifically to help a young quarterback get better as a young quarterback and that specific thing with this team is what is the glaring worst thing right now coming out of week one. It's just, it's worse than a head coach struggling because it's, it's like the one thing you were brought here for one reason. And that reason is Sam Darnold and he is terrible right now. I mean, that makes it all the worse. Yeah. Look, I watched back that tape. The, the all 22 was delayed. So I watched back the game broadcast. I didn't watch back the, the all 22 yet. I think that literally just became available last night and I was working on the game preview. Um, Sam Darnold was worse than I thought. Like I, yeah. I don't, I like, I thought he played a bad game coming out of that opener, right? Like I, I watched it. I watched it live. I did the podcast with you guys Monday, Monday morning from Buffalo. And I was like, Sam didn't have a good game. Like it was a bad game for Sam Darnold. He didn't look good. Sam was freaking awful. Like in that game, like, and, and that was a lot of it was on him. And, and and I know, look, Adam Gase deserves criticism. We gave him a ton of criticism on the last podcast. Anyone who says, like, I have people in my mentions that are like, oh, you're not criticizing Adam Gase. I was like, all right, I guess you're not a podcast listener because, yes, the story coming out of Sunday was not Adam Gase. The story coming out of Sunday was that your third-year quarterback looks bad. Your third-year quarterback is making rookie mistakes that he should be extinct from his from his game sheet. That's the story of this game. Not Adam Gase, the same thing we've written a hundred times. It's the fact that the quarterback looks worse. Like, legitimately worse. That's the story, right? Like, that is the story off of the game. That's why we wrote that off the game. Do the podcast the next day. That's when you can expand more on these things. And that's when we ripped into Adam Gase for also not being good. So, like, these people in my mentions, like, this is why I don't have my mentions tab open on my tweet deck. Because you guys drive me freaking nuts sometimes. A lot of you guys are great, and you guys are the ones who slide my DMs, and we have like awesome conversations. Some of you are like, "This is this is bro. I'm never gonna block you because why would I block somebody that's gonna read a story?" But like, I'm not reading you. I'm not listening to what you're saying. Side note, that completely aside, watching that game in live, then coming back and watching the replay of the game, Sam was worse than I thought. Like, absolutely worse. He was missing throws to guys that are wide open, and this is why I have a little bit of an issue going over the top and ripping and destroying Adam Gase for that game. And you can make an argument about how his halftime adjustments were were abysmal, and they were again. But in the first half, the plays that he was calling were working. Like, they weren't not working. This wasn't like Sam was dropping back, waiting three seconds, running around in the pocket ten times, realizing that, holy crap, nobody's there, and then taking a sack. That's not what was happening against the Bills. Sam was dropping back, and the plays that this offense designed were there. There were guys that were open. Crowder on the first possession. Herndon on the first possession. Perryman on the third possession. Hogan later in the game. These are guys that are open, wide open. Even the play where Sam ran out of bounds. Jamison Crowder, as uh, Brian Baldinger pointed out, which I didn't even see until I watched the All-22 yesterday, Jamison Crowder cuts open right as Sam Darnold rolls out of the pocket. 
Those are throws that are there. Now, the Crowder one's a scramble drill, but the other ones were designed plays that were there. All of those throws that I mentioned, all four of those throws that I mentioned, give this team a first down. They give them a first down. If they get any of those first downs, there's a new set of downs to play with. The defense gets a little bit more tired. They're going to get a little more gassed, and you have no idea what ends up happening in that game. Sam was just missing throws left, right, and sideways. He was reacting to phantom pressure that wasn't always there. And then he was making those, those boneheaded rookie mistakes that should be extinct from his, from his uh, game in year three with the running out of bounds, with the taking the, the running out of bounds, I'm sorry, with the taking the delay game penalty off a TV timeout, with the interception. Like, that is on top of the fact he was just missing throws. So that's a problem. Like, Sam Darnold was a problem last week, and he absolutely has to get better. And, and I, I remember I thought, like I said, I thought he didn't have a good game. When I watched back on it and I watched the film back on it, I don't know how anybody that can remove, that can place the the Adam Gase uh, t- torch and Adam Gase pitchfork down for just two seconds and just watch the game with non-Adam Gase hateful sunglasses on for just a second. You can't watch that game and say Sam Darnold was awful. And if you want to say, how can his mechanics take a step back when he's working every day with Dal and Adam Gase? That's a, that's a gripe on them. Okay, fair. How can he miss some of these throws and make some of these mistakes, mental mistakes, when he's been being coached by Adam Gase and and, uh, and uh, Jordan Palmer in, in California and, and Dowell Loggins? Fair. But, like, you can't look at this and say that was entirely on Gase because Sam was bad. And if they had Sam even at a good level, above average level, he didn't have to be great, Sam, good level or above average level, I think there's a good chance the Jets win that game because – the reason they lost was the quarterback. The defense kept him in enough. They got lucky with some breaks, the two Josh Allen turnovers, the two missed field goals. They had a chance, and and they cannot. We said this. I've written this now a handful of times. Sam Darn was one of the Jets' many problems on Sunday. That cannot be the case the next 16 weeks, the next 15 games, 16 weeks. He needs to be the solution. He needs to be the answer. He cannot afford to be one of this team's problems week in and week out of the Jets are screwed. So and It was bad on Sunday. It was worse than I thought on Sunday. So that brings us to the Niners this week and and just one step, right? You want to see a step at least in the right direction. So what do we need to see from Sam Darnold on Sunday? Is it just like getting rid of the dumb mistakes and maybe just playing no. like mistake-free football or do we need do you need to see Sam Darnold, you know, successfully lead this team, no, I'm not going to say to a victory, let's not get carried away, but successfully uh, lead this offense to to a productive offensive game where you're saying, you know what, the offense looked pretty good today. You need to see Sam be a freaking franchise quarterback. That's what you need to see. None of this, like, eliminate. No, this ain't year two anymore, man. This isn't, like, yeah. his second start of his NFL career. We should not be talking about, you know what's a step in the right direction? Sam didn't do anything stupid today. Like, that can't be that can't be happening anymore. Like, this guy is in year three. Yes, he doesn't have enough playmakers around him. That That's a gripe. But again, the thing I go back to, and I see a lot of people are like, there's not enough playmakers, there's not enough playmakers, there's not enough playmakers. You're right, but where were the other playmakers coming from, right? Because the Jets were never going to sign Amari Cooper unless they gave him, like, a $30 million a year contract. Emmanuel Sanders wanted to play for a contender. The one thing is you let Robbie Anderson go. You shouldn't have let Robbie Anderson go, but... If you don't believe he's worth the contract he got, do you overpay him? Like, that's the I don't know thing. And that's the tough team building thing because overpaying him is how the Jets have gotten in their problems before. The draft, okay, right? C.D. Lamb, Jerry, Judy were there, but you needed Becton. And Becton looks like an absolute stud. Yeah, I we'll noticed that watching that game. Back. Show too, yep. Yeah, that guy looks like a stud. 
So like there weren't too many options to go and get your receiver because they also were never going to trade for Stefan Diggs because you don't have the draft capital that you can give up. Like that's that's a fact. You don't have the draft capital you can give up. Um, like those are all reasons for like Sam and it's against him. But the sign of a great quarterback is that you elevate the play of those around you. The sign of a great quarterback is that you take those players that are that are on your team and you make them better. That means having Brashad Perryman look like a number one receiver. That means making Chris Herndon look like he's Travis Kelsey. The offensive line, I think, is okay. And actually, if you go back and look at the analytical breakdown on pro football focus, um, Sam Darnold's time in the pocket was uh, like 15th or 16th in the NFL. His time to throw was, I think, 14th in the NFL of, of starting quarterbacks. Again, the Jets aren't the best offensive line, but you're talking about 14th, that's above average. So, like, that's what you're going to want. You're going to want that. And it's going to get better against worse defensive fronts. It's going to be a little bit worse against better defensive fronts. Like, you're going to have that little range. But, like, the offensive line, I thought, was largely fine. Play calling can be a little better. But, like, you want to see Sam Darnold against the 49ers look like a franchise quarterback. And the games that I go back to are, are Sam's rookie year. The Jets lost to the Vikings and they lost to the Packers, specifically that Packers game. Sam Darnold in that Green Bay game went toe-to-toe with Aaron Rodgers. And he was he had the Jets in that game. The Jets ended up losing because, as Todd Bowles' uh, teams always did, they melted down in the fourth quarter. And, and if it was a one-possession game with like a minute left, the Jets were going to lose that game. They are going to find a way to lose that game. But Sam Darnold, that game, was like one of those times where he still – he was a rookie, so he still was a little, little hiccupy. But he made throws that game. He did things that game where you were like, this guy's got it. Like, this guy's, this guy's got it, you know? And the Cowboy game, yep. the game against the Cowboys that the Jets won last year, Sam Darnold made plays. There was still that boneheaded interception he threw in the red zone, which he wanted back, but he made plays in that game that was the reason the Jets won it, the reason the Jets were in it. He needs to get back to that player. He needs to get back to the player he was in the first half against the Dallas Cowboys. He needs to do what he did against the Packers his rookie year, where you can say, like, maybe the Jets lose this one 31-24. Maybe the Jets lose this one 31-28. Maybe the Jets lose this one 28-24, or the Jets actually get to, to 30 points, but the 49ers score 31. Maybe they lose this game. Who cares? The 49ers are defending NFC champion and a favorite to go back to the Super Bowl and are loaded on offense, defense, special teams, and have arguably the best coach, and one of the best coaches in the NFL in Shanahan. At least one of the best offensive minds. It's fine if they lose it, but Sam needs to look like a franchise quarterback. And that means in spite of the lack of playmakers, you make the playmakers you have better. You elevate the guys that you do have. You 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 make plays when nothing's there. If you took Deshaun Watson, you put Deshaun Watson in this on this Jets team, they're a hell of a lot better than what they looked last week. Everything, Gase on this, all of them. Deshaun Watson makes this team better. Sam Donald needs to make this team better. It's not about winning. It's about looking like a franchise quarterback. But to say like, well, is a step in the right direction not making the dumb mistakes? Is a step in the right direction being a little more accurate? Dude, I get, I get why you're saying it. But that shit should be so far... Yeah gone at this point he's in year three you can't be taking baby steps in year three you need to look like a freaking franchise quarterback a bona fide franchise quarterback a stud that's what you need to do in year three that's what he's going to need to do against the 49ers he needs to look confident too there was just it didn't feel like he was a confident quarterback in week one against that bills team he's going to go against another good defense so you got to show that confidence um not sure where you're going to be watching the game on sunday but you should think about watching it on fubo tv Fubo TV is a great way to cut the cord, get all your sports action, plus your local channels as well. Right now, you can get the family plan also, which allows you to watch on three separate screens, which is perfect for football Sundays. The standard base plan allows you two screens. You can get 15% 
off your first month right now thanks to The Athletic. 30 hours of DVR, that's cloud DVR, um, to record your favorite shows. And like I said, you get your local broadcast too, so you're not going to miss out on anything. Right now, you can get it all started for just $50 a month, and it includes NBC Sports as well. With the NFL season here, Fubo.tv will not disappoint. Stay updated on your favorite teams as well as local broadcast news. Go to FuboTV.com athletic and save 15% off your first month. You won't regret it. That's FuboTV.com athletic to start saving with your first month. And we also have a message from Liquid IV. This is The Athletic's Shield Kapadia here to tell you about Liquid IV. Nobody likes to feel dehydrated. Maybe you get a little bit of a headache, dry mouth. You just don't feel like yourself. But believe it or not, dehydration still occurs daily in three out of four people. With Liquid IV, you have the fastest, most efficient way to stay hydrated. Each serving helps you get as much hydration as two to three bottles of water. Maybe you use it after a really intense workout. Maybe you went out socially distanced with friends and had a couple extra beers the night before. That's where Liquid IV comes in. It is healthier than those sugary sports drinks, no artificial flavors or preservatives, and less sugar than an apple. Plus, it contains five essential vitamins, more vitamin C than an orange, and as much potassium as a banana. And Liquid IV is on a mission to change the world. Liquid IV is donating 3.7 million servings in response to COVID-19. Products are being donated to hospitals, first responders, food banks, veterans, and active military. Liquid IV is available nationwide at Costco and Target, or you can get 25% off when you go to liquidiv.com and use code ATHLETIC at checkout. That's 25% off anything you order when you use promo code ATHLETIC at liquidiv.com. Get better hydration today at liquidiv.com, promo code ATHLETIC. The way Shield reads that ad, I feel like he's genuinely concerned about our hydration levels. Just, just like a, a concern there from him that we uh, that we get liquid IV going and make sure we're all hydrated well. Um, all right, moving on to Le'Veon Bell, who is injured, Connor. Um, he's been injured, I think, it seems like. He didn't think Actual so. Actual hamstring problem this time. Right? Adam Gase thought he was injured. He didn't think he was injured. That's a whole other thing. But now he's actually injured. And because of the new rules, he's on the IR, which means he'll miss three games. He'll be back week five against Arizona, hopefully. But hamstrings are hamstrings. So you never know. Um, but the, the bigger question, I think, is seeing how ineffective Le'Veon Bell was once again on Sunday in the running game. Does this really hurt the Jets much? Or are they better off with Frank Gore getting more carries on Sunday? Yeah, at running back, but right. not not at weaponry. Like I think that's not what, a, like, yeah, receiving and all that. Yeah, that's like when we talked about this at camp. Like you know, Frank Gore is the most productive player at camp. I think that's what got lost in translation a little bit, and it was that people were saying that we were saying Frank Gore is better than Le'Veon Bell. It's no, it's it's obviously not the case. Like Le'Veon Bell is a better player than Frank Gore, but for where the Jets are and what the Jets need in the running game, Le'Veon Bell is the Jets' better option, or I'm sorry, Frank Gore is the Jets' better option in the running game and that they he can just move them forward. Like, like you know how Adam Gase keeps talking about, like, first and second downs being brutal and atrocious and horrible and embarrassing and all this stuff? It is. He's right. And, and Frank Gore kind of makes that better because while he's not going to get you the 15, 20-yard run that you might get with Bell, he will get you three or four yards. And if he can get you three or four yards on first down, suddenly it's second and seven, second and six. If you can pick up two yards on second down, suddenly you're looking at third and four, third and three. And and that's so much easier for an offense to do because 
you can go to the you can go to the line on third down and you can have the a receiver going deep so you can attack that level of the defense. You can have a receiver medium, you can have a receiver short, then you can have your check down. It's all levels. That's all offense in the in the NFL is. It's all levels and you can have every level of the defense covered and with each of those levels you have the opportunity to to progress the ball down the field and pick up a first down. When you have a third and 10, third and 9, third and 10 plus that's not necessarily the case because the defense knows anything short of the sticks, you can wrap up, bring them down, and you're not getting a first down. It would basically take a defensive malfunction for you to pick up a first down, throwing short of the sticks, and then moving up. So you are pretty much relegated to moving the sticks, going deep down the field. The quarterback's got to hold the ball longer. That allows the defense to tee off on you. Like A lot of things can go wrong. Frank Gore's ability to just get downhill will help the Jets more because he won't, again, like I said, not going to be ripping off six, seven, eight yards. But he will be getting three, four, five yards. The other thing that I think benefits the Jets with Frank Gore back there is I don't think that too many teams are going to be loading the box to stop Frank Gore. Honestly, I, I don't think that like when you see Le'Veon Bell in the backfield, a defensive coordinator is thinking that guy's getting the ball. Let's put eight guys in the box and run blitz like that's what they're going to think. When you see Frank Gore back there, I think you think 37 year old running back, 15 years in the NFL, Adam Gase loves to throw the ball. There's probably a very good chance that the 49ers are just going to be having their normal defensive front up there to try to stop Frank Gore, which again is going to open up those three, four, five yard runs, potentially at least three yard runs for Frank Gore. I think that'll help them as well. What the Jets didn't do and what I thought the Jets would do more against the Bills, and maybe they didn't because Bell went out with that injury, is have Frank Gore in the backfield, have Frank Gore and Le'Veon Bell in the backfield, and then use Bell as your attention seeking person. You know what I mean? Like have Bell... Motion out left, have have Bell go out right, have Bell line up in the slot or a split wide as a receiver and use him in the passing game to draw a defense's attention, which also takes guys out of the box. Then you can run with Gore, you can go to Bell, then you can also work Bell in on the running game. But I do think that the Jets offense, at least I think the Jets running game will function more efficiently with Gore back there. And you saw that against the Bills, man. I mean, this was a... the. Frank Gore and, and Le'Veon Bell each got six carries against the Bills. If the game wasn't so lopsided for such a long time, they would have had significantly more. I mean, the Jets' goal was to get both those guys going. Bell averaged four, or Gore averaged four yards carry. Bell averaged 2.3. And seven of those yards came on one carry. So he had five carries for seven yards before that seven-yard run that he had. Gore, again, he doesn't have the seven-yard run. He doesn't have the 10-yard run. But every time he's touching it, he's going forward. You know what I mean? And I think that that's what this Jets team, especially in this Jets, um, this Jets team, especially against this type of a matchup against the 49ers, where you need to take Eric Armstead, D. Ford, and Nick Bosa and make them apprehensive in what they're able to do. I think that just go forward will be so beneficial because if you start getting in those third and long situations like the Jets were against the Bills, the Jets are screwed. Like they are, they are screwed because you're just basically saying to Bosa, Armstead, and and Ford, all three guys. I'm pretty sure Arm. I know Ford and well, Bosa had nine sacks as a rookie. I know Ford has a couple ten sack seasons. I think Armstead has a ten sack season. I'm not totally sure off the top of my head. I know he's he's a good pass rusher. And I think he might have a ten sack season if I'm not mistaken. All three of those guys individually have a chance to to take over a game. When you combine them collectively and have all three of those guys in a third and 10, third and nine, third and 10 plus, where they're able to pin their ears back and basically be like, we know you're not running it. So we're able to just go after the quarterback, tee off, jump the snap and get up the field. I mean, Sam Darby, I mean, they can just completely ruin a game. Collect, I, they are They can completely ruin a game, that unit as a total. 
So if you can at least get it to the point where it's a third and three, and they don't know if the ball is going to be coming out of Sam Darnold's hands super quick or if he's going to be holding onto the ball, that adds that half a second, maybe quarter second of thinking of, okay, I need to react. You know what I mean? Where I need to, I need to see if he's like takes that three-step drop, then I need to stop my rush and get my hands up. You can have that like very brief moment of pause from those three guys. A quarter second of hesitation in the NFL is an hour in real people time. You know what I mean? So like that will make a huge difference for the Jets offense. And that's where I think Gore will benefit them more because he will have the chance to just keep those chains moving forward and keep the stick moving forward. And and I wrote it in the preview. Like I said, Frank Gore is not going to give you the 20-yard run. But unlike Bell, Gore's second carry will always be closer to the first down marker than his first. With Bell there's a chance his second carry is like three yards further back. I mean, we saw it on Sunday against the Bills. So I think that will benefit. The Jets are going to be hurt without Bell because they lose that option in the passing game. They lose that threat. They lose that person on the offense that the defense is legitimately afraid of. Um, But I think they'll be better off with Gore in the running game because you're going to see. You're going to see it on Sunday. Gore might only have 40 yards. But he'll have those 40 yards on 10 carries, man. He's going to average four yards carry. Like, that's what's going to happen. And that that's the way that Gore's kind of made a name for himself uh, over the last 15 years. Yeah, and you talk about making a name for himself. He did that in San Francisco, too, right? The all-time leading rusher in Niners history, and he'll go up against San Francisco on Sunday. You mentioned Armstead, and he did actually uh, had 10 sacks last year. So you were right on that as well. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as the running backs go, Marissa, there's a good question in the chat, right? Yeah, this one's from Jaden. Um, they said, I think I'm going into I think going into this year, we all hope that P. Ryan learning behind Bell and Gore would set up a solid back for years to come. Is that still the hope for the team? Yeah. I, I just I don't think P. Ryan's gonna be the only well, at least if Gate depending on what Gates is here. I think the Jets viewed P. Ryan as like another piece that they're gonna have a stable of running backs and they can have like a two headed rushing attack and P. Ryan's gonna be one of them. But uh, the Jets really like this kid. Joe Douglas really, really likes this kid. I mean, they, they've gushed about how he ran his 40 time and people are like, oh, he's not that fast, but you flip on the game tape and you can see the guys got separate from defense speed. So like he might not get to the corner as fast as others, but once he gets to the corner and turns up the field, very few people are going to catch him. And you actually saw it in the Jets. Scr- well, reporters saw it in the Jets scrimmage when he had a 79 yard touchdown run against the Jets starting defense, where I think it was Bradley McDougal took a bad angle. Um, P. Ryan made one cut left and then took off, and he was gone. No one caught him. Like, no no one. Arthur Mollette didn't catch him. Bless Austin. Didn't catch him. No safety caught him. And, like, the Jets have some speed on that defense. Nobody was able to catch this guy. He ran right into the end zone. So, I think the, the most, not so much Bell. I think Bell is probably not necessarily the guy. I think that having P. Ryan learn behind Frank Gore is going to be. There's that fly again. Um, a B right chance where I think it's like all it's like buzzing my head, man. It's like freaking uh, what do you call it when Maverick like buzzes the 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 tower and the Top tower. Gun like this is fly yeah fly requesting flyby like that's what I'm getting right now from this damn fly. Um, uh, it's completely lost my train of thought, but I think that the more beneficial aspect of it is like Bell has such a funky run style and Bell is so funky in what he does that I don't know if it's replicable. Like I don't know if Bell can be like. So this is what I do. I come to a complete stop in the backfield. I wait for the perfect hole, and then I go through. Like, that, like so few people have that patience, and that's why you saw Bell when he was at the prime of his career, watching him run compared to, like, Adrian Peterson, who was another top back during the time. Um, trying to think of who older great running backs, but, like, literally watching any other of the prime running backs during 
Le'Veon Bell's uh, best years with the Steelers, he was always so different because no one did it like him. No one had that patience to just stop, pick the right hole, and then get through. And it's rare that players have that because it's very difficult to do. You also need the perfect situation to do it. So I think the better mentor for P. Ryan and what I think is going to benefit him so much playing for him in this scheme is sitting behind Frank Gore. Because Frank Gore, when you look at what Frank Gore is now, and especially what Frank Gore was in his heyday, it's very similar to what the Jets believe P. Ryan is, where it is the incredibly reliable one cut back, the guy that is physical, but has actually P. Ryan has significantly more speed than what Frank Gore ever had in his career. So they have a very similar skill set. P. Ryan's kind of like a younger, faster Frank Gore. And being able to sit behind a guy that is the epitome of training, the epitome of working, the epitome of a work ethic player, watching how he does it will absolutely benefit P. Ryan down the road. The Jets also adding some depth at running back this week. They got their guy. They got Kalen Balaj. Uh, they yeah, didn't, and they didn't, yeah. they didn't have to trade for him. They just <laughs> failed yeah. this physical when they tried to trade for him, became a free agent, and now they just signed him, which probably would have been the way to go originally anyway. But anyway, he's on the roster now as well. Um, we talked about Makai Becton a little bit at the beginning, but I want to get into this um, because – Right during training camp, you never know without the preseason what this guy's going to look like in a game, the big um, first-round pick of the Jets. But the the kind of ratings are in, pro football focus, and pretty good. As far as PFF goes, he was the fifth-highest-graded rookie in week one. He had a 77.4 run-blocking grade and a 77.2 overall grade. He's going to be challenged again on Sunday, Connor, but this is what you want, right? Mm-hmm. You got your your left tackle of the future. Bring Nick Bosa. Bring that guy and, and see how Becton can do against him. Yeah, you say that until Sam Darnold gets his head chopped <laughs> off. <laughs> yeah. It's going to be like that scene from Dumb and Dumber. He lost his head. He died. His head, his head fell off. Our birds' heads are falling off. Like, that's what's going to happen to Sam Darnold on Sunday. No. Uh, Becton was the brightest spot of anyone on that. I mean, you can talk about Crowder had a good game. You talk about Marcus May had a good game. Forget that. Marcus May is a safety. Crowder is a slot receiver. The the best the best thing that happened to the Jets and the best thing that the Jets had on Sunday was Makai Becton. Was Makai Becton. Was Makai Becton the way he played. He had like the I I I I had it um written up on the um uh the I forget the exact number, so I I just gotta these headphones are weird. They just told me like batteries low. And I was like that. Why are you talking to me? I thought everyone heard that. But yeah, it was weird. <laughs> We're all over producer. the place today. This last like 10 minutes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, really? Yeah. Um, yeah. Luckily I have my backup because I forgot to charge my headphones on the flight home. So I at least have my backup headphones here. That was um, from Buffalo. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Screw you, Marissa. Yeah. This I got is one of those, uh, the, the reporter you need hashtags. Right? <laughs> yeah. Switching out. Um, yeah. No, but like that, that seriously, like yeah, seriously, the most uh, the most positive thing Okay, sorry, I have uh, Focus, somebody just actually Connor. breaking news Focus. and uh, Mike, Michael Dunn no actually Michael Dunn had something in his thing today about uh how there's a chance uh Allen Robinson could be traded. So I just I need to go read that because I made yeah, some calls and, and I heard that that wasn't necessarily And we discussed the case. that on the athletic football show this week. So yeah, out with Robert Mays. Yeah, I talked to a couple of people over at the Bears though, and they said that unless they're out, they're probably not trading him. And if they're out, the Jets probably aren't going to trade for him either. So but anyway, uh Mekhi Becton is, is undeniably the best the best thing that came out of that game because he had like a top, I think top ten offensive tackle grade in total at seventy seven point two. He was best among the rookies drafted. I mean, he showed athleticism with some of his ability to get to the second level. The Jets haven't had an offensive tackle that can get to the second level of defense in years. Like, in years. Kelvin Beecham couldn't do it. Brick couldn't do it. 
No one that tried it out at right tackle could. I mean, this guy can literally get to the second level and start blocking linebackers. That is absolutely huge. Um, he is also his strength. He was tossing like big big defensive linemen aside like ragdolls. And, and, and the game never looked too big for him. The one sack that he let up was a coverage sack. So like this guy had a great game against a veteran in Jerry Hughes. And Hughes isn't the player that he used to be. Um, but still, to be able to, as a rookie, your first game in a game where, where the offense was kind of getting it handed to him a little bit, to be able to have the game like he did, it was incredibly optimistic. And if you're looking for like a battle within the battle to watch on Sunday, watch Mekhi Becton and watch Bosa because the 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 uh, 49ers are going to put Bosa over there. They're going to want to see and test the rookie because they want to see if this guy's for real. And you know Bosa wants to feast on him too because Bosa's going to think, oh, I'm the second year. I have my experience. I can take advantage of rookie mistakes. If Becton can hold his own, and I, he's not going to shut down Bosa. You can't expect... And you can't expect Tyron Smith to shut down Bosa, let alone Becton in making his second NFL start. But if he can hold his own against him, if he can do, like mitigate him and at least negate some of his like game changing, game breaking ability, this guy can like I, I think the the hype train on Becton is going to be huge. And you already have Brian Baldinger already loves him, so you're going to want to watch the Baldy breakdowns the next day because he's going to have at least two a week. On he loved Jamal Adams, now he loves Makai Becton, so he's going to have like two of them a week just gushing about what this kid can do. All right, well, we're going to get to our pick shortly, but it's time for DraftKings. It sure was nice seeing the teams back out on the gridiron over the weekend. Lucky for us, that was just week one. There's no better place to get into all the action than with DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. To add to the excitement of week two, DraftKings Sportsbook is bringing back their can't-miss offer. If you haven't tried DraftKings Sportsbook yet, head over to the App Store now because you don't want to miss this. DraftKings Sportsbook is giving all new users the chance to turn $1 into $100 when they bet on any team. That's right. You can place a $1 bet on any team, and if that team wins, you cash a cool Benjamin. How cool? How could you pass that up? If you're new to DraftKings Sportsbook, head over to the app now to scout out their latest offers. Bet with DraftKings Sportsbook, a sportsbook that goes wherever you go. DraftKings is safe, reliable, and secure, making it easy for you to deposit and withdraw your money at your convenience. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code QUICK when you sign up to get this can't-miss offer. Pick any team during week two, bet $1 on them, and win $100 if they win. That's $1 to win $100 when you use the promo code QUICK during sign-up for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey only, eligibility and restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. And that brings Speaking us Speaking of DraftKings. <laughs> oh, here we go. Real quick go on DraftKings. Yeah. Look at this. Look at this. Look at this on DraftKings. Look at that. Connor Day Trader. I told you. Connor, I told you guys. Jump on that DraftKings. This is all audio podcast, so you should tell everybody what you were showing. Because <laughs> what I'm telling everyone. He's currently holding up his phone that, to the screen of the DraftKings stock rising. So there you go. It's DraftKings stock rising. It's on a rocket ship to the moon. Yeah. It's going and it's rising again. What dude yeah. that's oh if get on the train. Get on the get on Yacht Club 2021 because we're going yeah. on the DraftKings stock, baby. We night. are going on the DraftKings stock. Yep, I'm getting ready to watch Thursday night football and Connor's texting me about his yacht he's gonna buy with the DraftKings stock. So Sick. this other, is what I other deal Michael with Dunn on a, is a big stock guy too. Uh, this is what I it do. It is funny though that sports are back and suddenly like the, the tech stocks drop and DraftKings is through the roof. Well, I gotta sense. get. I gotta Makes get. Sense. I don't have Marissa's. Like, I talked to Marissa's boyfriend through Marissa, so I need <laughs> Marissa's boyfriend number because no. he's a big stock guy as well. And our, 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 our uh, you know, you know, I will not share. No, our, 
share my <laughs> our minds number. are all are all synced yes. up. Hey, what? I'll just I'm gonna slide into his DMs. <laughs> we uh, we like literally like our mindsets are so locked in with with stocks and with everything, man. It's, I just I, I, I we need to share insight. <laughs> well, we're getting a boat. We're gonna name we're gonna name it the Marissa Brie. We're gonna get a yacht and name it the Marissa <laughs> Brie. Brie. <laughs> Yeah, we're gonna name that. That's gonna be the name of our yacht that we that we that we co-own together. Oh, and it's all because of the DK stock. All because of DK stock. We're not gonna talk about Zynga, but we're gonna talk about DK stock. <laughs> Don't worry about the losers. Just worry about the winners. <laughs> uh, speaking of winners, let's talk about picks last week. Where oh, are you sure? Yeah, got to brag. Last week, yeah. three and zero to start things off out of the gate. After last year, just awful. I finished last out of the three of us. It was it was bad. But uh, but starting off three and zero. Uh, so let's get into this week. Connor, you were actually two and one last week. Good start. And Marissa went one and two. So mm-hmm. everybody at least with <laughs> with a uh, with a win along the way. Connor, you're up first this week. Yeah, so uh, it was good. I liked last week. You know, starting with I like the Chiefs. I like the Washington football team. Loved them against Philadelphia Eagles. I should didn't think about taking the money line. Really should have thought about taking the money line when they were down seventeen nothing. But a nice little comeback there to win outright. Uh, Minnesota stunned the hell out of me with the fact they just decided not to throw with Kirk Cousins. And then when they did start throwing with Kirk Cousins, they moved the ball. But you know, whatever, neither here nor there. Uh, this week, I bet against the Eagles last week, and this isn't my Philadelphia hate coming through, but I do love the Rams. Um, really just given one point like they're they're one point favorites against the philadelphia eagles i know philly's at home uh the rams are like a, an la team in their nice little bubble but that philadelphia roster has a lot of problems right now man miles sanders is going to be back that's a positive but carson wentz looked bad that offensive line is so injury depleted and now they've got to figure out a way to slow down that rams pass rush featuring aaron donald the fact the rams did what they did against the cowboys who i think are a far superior team to the philadelphia eagles this year i know they're coming across to the east coast Oh, guess what? Lost the speakers. Time out. It's all right, Connor. I hear you guys now. I don't have a dentist appointment to get to or anything. I can't hear anything. As long as you guys can hear me, though, we're gonna talk about my pick. Okay. So that's all that really matters. So yeah. So I like the. Uh, <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna have to try to figure this one out. Um. So, I love the L.A. Rams against. <laughs> I love the L.A. Rams against the Philadelphia Eagles. Given a point, I know they're on the road, but but I think that's one that they're gonna win. Uh, pretty pretty outright. The other two games that I, I am absolutely obsessed with is Seattle at home against the Patriots. I think the people are kind of overrating New England a little bit, if you will. Um, I know they beat, and Cam Newton looked good. I know they beat the Miami Dolphins, but still, that's the Miami Dolphins. And, and the fact that the Patriots didn't win that game uh, by four touchdowns at home is, is a little bit of a surprise. So uh, I do like Seattle uh, favored by four at home against the, the New England Patriots. Give me that one. And the other one that I absolutely am obsessed with it's a larger spread at six and a half, but the Cardinals at home against the Washington football team. Look, I liked Washington at home against the Eagles because I didn't think the Eagles were that good. I don't think Washington's a very good football team. I mean, they they also fell behind by 17 points, and before Carson Wentz absolutely imploded, they should have, like, the Eagles should have won that game. They should have won the game handily. Carson Wentz implodes. Washington comes back and wins. I can't imagine that happening again on the road against the Cardinals. Kyler Murray, who looked good. Cliff Kingsbury, DeAndre Hopkins. Good win at home, feel good win for for Ron Rivera and Co. There with with the Arizona with the Arizona, or with the the Philadelphia Eagles, but I like the Arizona Cardinals a, a lot, even at six and a half point favorites uh, at home against the Washington Football Team. And for a bonus pick, uh, this one won't obviously go for the the, the uh, record, but I do like the Bills with five and a half to cover on the road against the Dolphins. But my big ones: Rams minus one, uh, give me Seattle minus four, and then the Cardinals minus six and a half. 
All right, your bonus pick is actually one of my picks. I like Buffalo too, minus five and a half at Miami. I just think the Bills are, they got rolling against the Jets. They're just going to keep it going down there in South Florida. Um, I'm going to go head to head with you with that Seattle game. I think the Patriots with the four maybe don't win that game. But I hear keep you guys it now. Close. Oh, he can't. all right. He's good. good to have you back. Good to have you back, Connor. Yeah. Um, Hi, everybody. <laughs> I was saying going head to head with you with the Seattle and Patriots game. I'll take the Patriots with those four points. I think they don't necessarily win the game up in the Northwest, but they keep it close. Uh, and then finally, the Cowboys minus four and a half. That game opened at minus seven. I love the fact that it came down to four and a half for the Cowboys. I'll jump on them with that one. Go ahead, Marissa. All right. Well, in full honesty, I made my picks while we were recording this. So it's the best way to do it. Yeah. So we're just gonna we're just gonna go for it. I actually liked the Arizona pick, but I I want to go with Rams minus one, and I didn't want to have two of the same picks as Connor because I try and make all my picks different from Connor. So I'm gonna go <laughs> Rams minus one, Kansas City minus eight and a half, and here's my uh, eight and a half. That's yeah, I, I mean, come on, we like look at how they they looked awesome last week. They, so, they are a really good team. I, Who are they playing? Um. <laughs> question <laughs> they're playing the chargers and the chargers last week oh, just nice. barely beat the Bengals. and i mean we saw a great performance in joe burrow last night i i, I feel like the chiefs eight and a half versus the chargers I, I, you're talking me into that one yeah i actually put some some real money on that one i kind of yeah. you're starting to talk I mean, me into that just based off last week i mean it's patrick Mahomes. so and then my last pick this is this is my gamble i'm gonna go New York football Giants plus five and a half versus oh. the Bears. Oof. That was another one of my pick. I was looking at that one and I was like, yeah. but I, I get, I like, dude, I thought Daniel Jones looked good last week. He looked yeah. good. Did you watch that game? He looked good. I, thought, like, I he, mean, the Steelers yeah. defense is good. I mean, right. their offensive line yes. had, had some, some issues, but I mean, Daniel Jones, I feel like it was Monday night football. He, he looked good. Yeah. So. He look. He's looked good. Like that's the if Dave Gettleman, who I think is, I will not. He, I think he's an atrocious to, uh, general manager. If he manages to turn over and just find a franchise quarterback after like making some of the most erroneous general managing decisions, it will just make me not believe about anything in football anymore. But mm-hmm. Daniel Jones looks like a legitimate franchise quarterback. He looks good. Like I mean, he made some mistakes. Like the one interception, right. I do give him a little bit of credit because his arm was hit. He was throwing the ball away. His arm was hit. He should have thrown it away earlier, but he was throwing the ball away when his arm was hit, and that's why it fluttered up, and it got picked off in the end zone. But they were in it. And the other reason I like that game too, Marissa, is that Mitch Trubisky is going to come back down to earth. Mitch Trubisky is not a good player. He's a really, really bad football player. Managed to somehow beat the Lions, but the Lions always find ways to lose. I wouldn't be surprised at all if uh, if the Giants end up actually winning that game outright. Like That might be one where, where I, I dabble a little bit in the money line money line because i think there's a, a legitimate chance the giants can pull that and all out. these Allen robinson rumors i mean who yeah. knows what's going on over there so new york football giants plus five and a half is my dan duggan special yeah we'll yeah that. our good friend dan duggan marissa's picking for for duggan and against dan popper that maryland pride oh, yes. that maryland uh the maryland uh yeah but hey we got maryland apparently. football coming back october 23rd I'm sure there are many back. people in Maryland that care. If you hadn't left the ACC, you'd already be playing. I know. Yeah. I know. Well, Syracuse plays football? I'm just kidding. Well, <laughs> that hurts. We can oh, Sorry. 
I'm going to hide my Monmouth hat and bat, bat, bow out of this one. <laughs> All right. That's going to do it for us. Um, another great show in the books. Uh, we'll be back on Monday. Full recap of that Niners game. So come back and join us for that one. Um, if you need a subscription to The Athletic or have a friend that, that needs a subscription, go to theathletic.com slash the can't wait podcast. Right now you can sign up for just $1 a month. Get all the great writing of Connor, all the other NFL writers, all the other sports as well. So much to get to in The Athletic. You open up the app and there's just not enough hours in the day to get through all the great content. You can get it all for just $1 per month right now. Go to theathletic.com slash the can't wait podcast. Connor's at Connor underscore J underscore Hughes on Twitter. I'm at Tim M. McMaster. Marissa's Marissa underscore Morris. Thanks for joining us and have a great day. This was the Can't Wait Podcast. 